Dr. Bindiya Gandhi says, if you never try, you will never know. And don't underestimate your worth. What does this mean when it comes to your health at Midlife? Stay tuned and find out. So the big question is, how do women over 40 like us keep weight off, have great energy, balance our hormones and our moods, feel sexy and confident, and master midlife? If you're like most of us, you're not getting the answers you need and remain confused and pretty hopeless to ever feel like yourself again. As an OBGYN, I had to discover for myself the truth about what creates a rock-solid metabolism, lasting weight loss, and supercharged energy after 40 in order to lose 100 pounds and fix my fatigue. Now, I'm on a mission. This podcast is designed to share the natural tools you need for impactful results and to give you clarity on the answers to your midlife metabolism challenges. Join me for tangible natural strategies to crush the hormone imbalances you're facing and help you get unstuck from the sidelines of life. My name is Dr. Kieran Dunstan. Welcome to the Hormone Prescription Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Hormone Prescription with Dr. Kieran. Thank you so much for joining me today. We're going to have fun talking about an aspect of weight loss resistance that you might not have heard of, and that has to do with leptin. Don't worry if you don't know what it is. We're going to dive into it, me and Dr. Bindia, and let you know so you'll have a full understanding and you'll get some ideas and knowledge and support and inspiration. And after all, that's what we're here for. So she will give you a big dose of that. I'll tell you a little bit about her and we will get started. You're going to love her because she's not only knowledgeable, she is board certified in family medicine as well as integrative and holistic medicine. She studied with Andrew Weil, who is amazing if you know anything about him. And she completed functional medicine training with the Institute of Functional Medicine in 2017. She's also a media expert and she's been featured in the Daily Mail, Mind Body Green, Pop Sugar, Clean Plated, Well and Good, and many others. Mostly she's Atlanta's weight loss doctor, but she works with people remotely all over the country. And by she can help you uncover and tame leptin resistance. And she can turn even the most unsuccessful dieter into a successful one. And she's here to tell you how and how the missing ingredient is leptin. Welcome, Dr. Bindia Gandhi. Thank you so much for having me today. Super excited to talk to you about leptin resistance. It's something that we really haven't talked, I don't think at all about on the podcast, and it's super important for women at midlife who are trying to lose weight. So I'm excited to dive into this topic. You know, for me, everything's about hormones, and this is one that I have neglected to discuss. So I know a lot of people who are regular listeners are like, yay, Dr. Karen, finally time you're talking about leptin resistance. So let's get into it, but I want to start Uh, by having you share with everyone how you honed in on leptin as being the biggest block for women at midlife to lose weight? Oh, you know, such a great question. You know, first of all, leptin is a hormone that is fairly a newer hormone, right? Not many people talk about it. You know, you can go to your endocrinologist and they're not even going to want to test this hormone. So 
Just a little background about leptin. You know, it's a hormone that is actually produced by your fat cells, and it's important because it communicates with your brain. It's basically our satiety hormone, and this hormone basically tells us if we're full or not. And this hormone is actually impacted by so many other hormones that you probably talk about already, like your thyroid, your estrogen, your progesterone, your insulin. So it's very important to kind of understand what's going on with this hormone individually, but how it's also being impacted by the other hormones. So this is why I love talking about it. And I really got into this because when I first started helping patients, a lot of people would come to me because they were struggling to get pregnant and they were having fertility issues. And I started noticing a link between leptin and fertility and then started doing some research and realized, hold up, there's more to the leptin story than just how it impacts fertility. It's also impacting not just our weight, it's impacting so many different aspects of our bodies. And this is why I'm so glad we're talking about this today because it's such an important hormone and people need to know about it. It is. And thank you for backing up because some people are like, lep what? They've (laughs) never heard of it. And so we really should start with what is leptin. So thank you for explaining that it's your satiety hormone. And how does it interact with other hormones? So I talk all the time. We talk on the podcast the Hormone Prescription Podcast, about what I call the six main metabolic driving hormones, which include your three sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, your thyroid, your cortisol, your insulin, your DHEA. And then there's leptin, and we probably should touch on ghrelin too, because some people, we do touch on melatonin sometimes, but not as being one of the key drivers. But leptin is this satiety hormone. Thank you for explaining that. And where does it come from in the body? Where? How does your body make it? How is it used? How does it work? Mm-hmm. Great, great question. So it's produced by our fat cells, right, essentially, and it communicates with our brain and it basically tells us if we're full or not, right? After a meal, we should be getting a message from our brain saying, you've eaten enough, you're full, you don't need to eat anymore. That's essentially what's happening with leptin, right? So it tells us when we're full. Where its sister hormone, I'm going to bring up ghrelin, is the hunger hormone. This is what stimulates your appetite and it kind of lets you know if you are hungry, right? So leptin on the other end tells you if you're full, ghrelin tells you if you're hungry. Now they work in opposite directions and they work together, but also differently at the same time, right? When we're hungry, ghrelin is high and we're not satisfied so leptin is low and the opposite happens when we're full and we're we're satisfied ghrelin actually ends up being low and leptin is high so they work you know kind of against each other not in a bad way but like with each other but like they're opposites so it's really important because ghrelin is actually produced by the stomach of the gi tract and leptin is produced in the hypothalamus which is part of the brain So that's just kind of a little bit about the two hormones and how they work, but it's essential to kind of understand background of it because then you can understand how it works with the other hormones, kind of like the ones you mentioned, thyroid, stress hormones, your cortisol hormones, insulin. So it really does impact so many other things. Leptin is actually metabolized in the liver, right? That's We know this is where our sex hormones are are metabolized, right? This is where insulin is metabolized. So this is where our T3, free T3 is metabolized, right? So 
it's really kind of important how it works with the other hormones and where. Great point. So let's dive into that. I know there's some people who are thinking, well, let me see. She said when you're full, you're your leptin goes up. So can I just take some leptin and feel like I'm <laughs> full all the time? So I got to ask you that first, because I know I'm calling it out. I know my people and I know some people are thinking that right now. So if you can address that and then let's dive into after that, what are all the things that leptin impacts? Yeah. So let's talk about, I mean, there are some tips and tricks we can do to kind of keep your body feeling full, right? Like we can definitely talk about, which I'm sure people have mentioned before, have heard before, like for example, drinking water before you eat your dinner or your lunch, kind of like strikes keeping you full and feeling a little bit more satiated. Eating a lot more fiber keeps you a lot more satiated, right? So your body feels full. There, so there's things that will do that. There is no medication on the market that will keep you full. There are medications on the market that decrease your appetite and there are medications on the market that can improve your leptin. And we can talk about that a little bit later. However, there is no prescription FDA, anything approved on the market that will directly impact your leptin to make you full earlier, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So now that we've got that out of the way, you mentioned about leptin being metabolized in the liver and some of the other hormones that are handled by the liver, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So how does leptin interact with these other hormones and your body in general? Yeah. So we'll start off with um, thyroid because I feel like so many women at all ages of life have a, a thyroid issue, right? Whether it's Hashimoto's, just hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism, whether it's overactive, underactive. Unfortunately, it is it is a common problem. So when I look at the thyroid and when I'm what I'm specifically looking at is I'm actually looking at T3, reverse T3, free T3, total T3, because that gives me a different picture. All right, so I'm going to get a little technical. So guys, bear with me, okay? When we talk about our thyroid metabolism, and I'm talking about, I'm looking at your T3s, your T3, free T3s are impacted by many things. One is stress, okay? Chronic stress, like the pandemic or whatever chronic life changes are happening, right? So chronic stress. And the other thing that is impacting um, your T3 metabolism is a lot of times if we've been on restrictive diets. Okay, so the link between leptin and our T3 metabolism happens when we've been on these restrictive diets for long term. Most people, Dr. Karen, have been dieting, especially females, have been dieting since their teens, whether they realize it or not. And unfortunately, our culture is all about yo-yo dieting, right? Many of us have tried, including myself, we've all been guilty of different diets to see what works for us, right? So we've been, we've tried slim fast, we've tried the special K diet. And I'm speaking for myself. I'm pretty sure we've tried everything in the book, right? Now it's keto, paleo, this, that, like, I don't even know the names of what's been out there, low fat phase, whatever, right? So because of yo-yo dieting, that has messed up our thyroid metabolism. And that's also one of the reasons why we have become leptin resistant, okay? Because of the dysregulation in our metabolism and the dysregulation of our body. So when our body thinks we are starving, when our body thinks that when we have cut calories, essentially, you know, we're trying to do that because the old adage was you have to you have to starve yourself and you have to overexercise and that's the only way you're going to lose weight. Well, now we know that's inaccurate, right? 
Because when we were doing all of those diets and those things, what we were essentially doing is messing up our communication with our brain and our bodies and our on our fat cells. And this is why we would lose weight initially in the first week and then we would hit a weight loss stall because the leptin communication started getting dysregulated and disrupting. And that's why we, we couldn't lose weight anymore. That's why diets work short term. And then we're like starving and we're like, oh my God, I need to eat everything in the book. Right? That's a little bit of what's happening. Right. Now, the, what's happening okay, because, because of all the long-term havoc on our metabolism and because we've been kind of in this diet craze for many, many years, our thyroid metabolism has also changed. And this is why thyroid impacts leptin. Okay. Yeah, very close relationship there. And I'm wondering, you mentioned leptin resistance. Can you tell everybody what that is? And then the next question they're going to want to know is, how do I know if I have that? So let's oh. talk about what is leptin resistance. Yeah, love, love, love this question. So leptin resistance is basically when there's that miscommunication happening between your fat cells and your brain. This is probably the reason why your body is not getting the memo or your brain is not getting the memo that you're full. So maybe you're overeating, right? Or maybe you're eating a larger portions, like you just can't control your appetite kind of thing, right? The other thing that's happening is when you're eating, you don't feel full. And an hour later, you're wanting to eat again. You're like, oh, I'm hungry. I need to, I need something else to eat. Or you're constantly snacking. There's definitely some telltale signs. And this is why, guys, I have you take my free, you know, 11 question quiz. It's at drbindiamd.com forward slash quiz. You just answer these questions and it'll kind of, it'll kind of help you identify. Are you potentially leptin resistant? Are you leptin sensitive or leptin clear, right? Because it's kind of important to understand, do you have some of these symptoms? Majority of us probably have some of these symptoms. We're craving the sugars and the carbs all the time. We have high triglycerides. We have um, maybe elevated blood pressure or whatever it is. And some of that stuff is all correlated and connected to leptin resistance. So go ahead, take the quiz, let me know. But that's the first thing. The other thing I would say is working closely with ideally a functional medicine provider. Like I mentioned, your primary care doctor, unfortunately, is not going to know what to do with this information or even be able to help you with this. A functional medicine practitioner is probably able to kind of guide you and say, yes, I'm happy to check this number and I'm, I know how I can help you with this. Even an endocrinologist, like I mentioned earlier, who manages hormones, they don't, number one, check this leptin level. And number two, if they check it, they're not going to really help you or give you the right protocol either. And I, I wish they would, but again, this just this is a newer hormone and, and not much know, is known about it. So if like when I, with my patients, I automatically do a blood test and I'm testing their leptin number. If your leptin blood level is above 11, then I can de definitively say, you know what? You're definitely leptin resistance. If it's below three, you're leptin, you're on the other end of the spectrum. So, and if you're between, the perfect number is actually between seven and 10. That's ideally where we'd like every patient to be. Now, not everybody's going to reach those perfect numbers and that's okay. It's, it's, everybody's fine. But what I like to do is track this number. So a lot of patients will come to me and they've got leptin numbers in their fifties. I've got patients that have leptin numbers in their hundreds. So our job is to kind of bring that number down to as close as possible to 11. And that's how we do things.
Okay, so blood test for leptin. And thank you for giving some idea about ranges so people can know. And then definitely check out the quiz. We'll have the link in the show notes. So if you're driving, please don't try to write that down. Just wait till you get parked and you can click the link in the show notes. All right. So I do want to touch back on other things that leptin interacts with and interacts with. But while we're on the topic, say somebody does have a leptin of 50 and they come to you, what is your general approach to start improving their leptin sensitivity? As you know, as a functional medicine practitioner, my job is to kind of understand and to get to the root cause, right? So we can start identifying what is going on. I can I can look at it and say, yep, leptin is off. But the next question is, what else is off? You know, I'm also looking at all the other hormones and I'm trying to see how they're interacting with leptin. I'm also analyzing what their hemoglobin A1C, their fasting insulin is to kind of see, do they have some insulin resistance as well? Do they have some inflammation? Because once I can identify some of these things, then I can hone in on a specific protocol to bring this number significantly down. So right. it is a very, it is a very holistic 360, you know, lifestyle diet supplement approach. I mean, it's 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 very comprehensive to to what we're doing, right? Sometimes we're I, I would definitely want to bring this up and and sorry if I'm going all over the place, but Sometimes people think that, you know, they need to be intermittent fasting and they they think they need to be starving themselves and that actually can make their leptin number worse, right? I often, I often see this when people are like, oh, I decided to intermittent fast and then I see their leptin number go from like 20 to 26. So there's different things that, that start happening, but we definitely want to pay attention to their other hormones and then putting them on a program and protocol that's specific to them. And so sometimes that means I'm telling you, you're actually going to eat more food. And people are like, what, what, what you want me to do what? And I'm like, yeah, you know, all this time that you've been intermittent fasting, it's actually slowed down your metabolism and has been one of the reasons why there's a miscommunication with your body because your body thinks you're starving. So it's holding on to extra weight and calories that you give it. Right. So we, we start kind of like refeeding a little bit. Yes. I love that. We have to eat more, not less to lose weight and to boost our metabolism. Mm -hmm. And I love that you mentioned intermittent fasting and leptin because intermittent fasting is all the rage right now. And I see so many women who are intermittent fasting and initially they do lose weight, but then they hit a plateau like you described, just like with most diets. And (laughs) intermittent fasting is a great tool to use for specific purposes at specific times for specific people. It is a tool. A hammer is not always the right tool all the time for everyone. And I think that everyone thinks that intermittent fasting is the greatest activity for everyone. So I want everyone to hear what Dr. Bindi is saying, because you've heard me say this. It's not just me, but she's saying that it can affect leptin resistance. So what are some reasons why and how does intermittent fasting impact leptin? And what are some other negative impacts that intermittent fasting can have? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm so glad you brought this up because (laughs) it really is something that I, I think we need to, again, educate a little bit more about. So again, like you said, there are some people that do really, really well with intermittent fasting, different phases of your life. You know, intermittent fasting, unfortunately, can impact your hormones. So in a good way, in a bad way, right? And yes, there's so many great benefits 
of it. But for example, if you're a cycle, if you're a woman who's currently cycling and you are trying to have a baby or that kind of thing, intermittent fasting can actually be one of the reasons why you are having trouble getting pregnant, right? The reason is when it comes to intermittent fasting, there's different, first of all, there's different types of intermittent fasting, right? There's the fasting mimicking diet and there's all these different protocols, right? 24 hour fast, 36 hour fast, like, and these things can be very extreme for the body. When we're intermittent fasting short-term, you will definitely see results. But when it starts being long-term and now you're doing 16-8 fast every single day and you are not taking breaks, you're, you don't have the metabolic flexibility that's going on, what ends up happening is your body thinks you're starving, right? When your body thinks you're starving, is not sure when it's going to get fed again. It's like, whoa, what's happening? When am I going to get food again? Oh, not until tomorrow at 2 p.m.? Okay, I'm going to hold on to every single calorie. I'm going to hold on to everything. So the thing that the tool that was working for you before, the hammer that was now helping you, you know, put that nail in place is not. What ends up happening is the body starts holding on to the fat and holding on to every calorie. So now you become even sensitive to every time you eat and you feel like, oh, I feel like I'm gaining weight or I feel like I'm doing the same thing, but I, I weigh the same. Like I should be lose, continue to lose weight. No, because you're, you're, you've essentially just changed your metabolism and have actually slowed it down. And that's what that that's what essentially what's happening here. The other thing that that really helps with that's happening with intermittent fasting is you're causing yourself to have not only a slow down metabolism, you're causing yourself to have other hormonal imbalances. And your body is just getting confused, right? Your T3 and your free T3 start getting affected and your thyroid starts kind of slowing down. So, so many different things are happening at the same time and not always a good thing. Yeah. And it affects your cortisol stress hormone. Yes. Most oh, yeah. Don't realize that. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yes. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. And this is why I always say, you know, it is a hormetic stressor. But more importantly, too, Dr. Karen, is when you're in a stressful situation, like if you're taking care of elderly parents, or you're taking care of young kids, or you just started a new business, or you just got fired from your job, whatever it is, whatever life stresses, you're going through a divorce. That's not the right time to start intermittent fasting because your body's already in a stress state. Now add on intermittent fasting, you're asking for cortisol and adrenal disruption. All right, so we had to get that out of the way. And what other interactions do you think it's important for people to know about when it comes to leptin in their body? What other organ systems, hormones, does it interact with? So we kind of touched upon it already. Thyroid for sure, adrenals are the other ones, right? So it impacts your adrenal hormones. And again, when you're in a very stressed state, the body thinks that, you know, exercise, let's talk about exercise. Exercise can can be considered a hermetic state, but it can also be a very stressful state if you're doing high intensity exercise all the time, right? So if you're doing some of those things, all the time, this is going to impact your adrenal hormones and then impacts, which then impacts your leptin levels, right? So that's, that's another hormone that it impacts. And the other thing is that we need to pay attention to is, is just making sure that we've got really good stress management skills under our belt. You know, I tell people all this all the time, we live in a very stressful state. You know, we can't live in a bubble. I wish we could all somehow be Buddhist monks and just be like zenned out all the time. It just doesn't happen with our lifestyles, right? Especially as females, because we take care of so many people and often we forget to take care of ourselves, right? And all that stress really impacts 
all our, our hormones, our adrenals, our cortisols, everything. And so understanding some of these basic things and having the right tools in place can really start not only helping those numbers and those levels get better, but in comprehension, it'll also start decreasing your leptin resistance as well. Yes, this is so important. You mentioned self-care in there. So I have to say I'm at a yoga retreat in Massachusetts this month and working and attending the retreat. And there's so much support for your self-care here and just classes and education and experiential experiences. And, you know, I think that I know about self-care and then I come to a place like this and they take it to a whole other level. And it really is just highlighting for me, India, how much we lack self-care, even in my daily life where I think I'm doing a good job and I come to a place like this. And I noticed that in some of the yoga classes that are restorative or yin, slower, gentle yoga classes, I'm so impatient. My brain is constantly going, oh my gosh, they're going so slow. I'm going to lose my mind. (laughs) (laughs) And it really is highlighting for me that even though I think I'm slowing down and taking time and doing the thing, really, I'm just doing it at home so I could check it off the list. And I want to share this because I know there are people listening who are doing this and they think they're doing self-care. And like me, they're probably not really doing (laughs) self-care. No, you're absolutely right. And a lot of it is, you nailed it, is, you know, we have little checklists and we're like, oh, the doctor told me to do self-care, so I'm going to uh, get a massage. And, oh, I checked that off. That doesn't count, guys. (laughs) It doesn't count. It doesn't count. Right. And so I think foundationally, every episode of the podcast, I'm just going to be harping on everyone or just giving an invitation to really explore what is self-care? What is adequate self-care for you? So I want to invite everybody listening to really start leaning into that question. And you will get answers when you lean into the questions. Dr. Bindia shared a few quotes that she loved with me before we started the episode. And I want to weave some of them through this episode because they're wonderful. Uh, The first is don't underestimate your worth, which you are worthy of having the best that love and life have to offer. And that starts with your self-care. And another quote is, if you never try, you will never know. And so I want to ask everybody to close your eyes if you're not driving or operating heavy machinery and just take a few deep breaths in and out and ask yourself, about something that you've considered or are considering embarking on and you're nervous about should I, shouldn't I, or you hear me talking about leaning into this question about self-care and you're thinking, oh, Karen, I don't have time for that, but you're worth it, number one. And if you tried to lean into this question, what benefits could you reap? I mean, I've really regained a action with myself that I I hadn't even realized I was missing by being at this retreat. So I don't want to proselytize too much. I just want to give an invitation. What if you tried and you found out that something could be the real needle mover? What if you hear Dr. Bindia talking about 
gin resistance and you're like, oh, I think I'll reach out and take her quiz and get tested and find out if that's my problem. And I'm wondering if you could share, Vindia, because you just have a newborn who's 16 weeks old. You already have two other children. You have a full-time medical practice. What are key components of your self-care practices that really help you stay healthy? You know what? I started this routine actually when I was in medical school and I, you know, I tried to be as consistent as I can with it. Obviously, sometimes having kids, you, you can't do all the things you used to be able to do. But every morning, Dr. Karen, I start off by meditating. And um, so at this point, I've been doing it for almost, I don't know, 15, 20, almost close to 20 years. And it is what gets me going in the morning. It's how I start my day. And it is very, very important for me. So I started off doing five minutes a day. And I started off like with not really knowing what I was doing. And I would listen to YouTube um, videos at the time. And now I, I've progressed. I personally like guided meditations because it helps me keep focused. Sometimes kind of like you, I, I have the monkey mind. <laughs> and so if I try to meditate by myself, my brain will kind of get into, oh, these are the things you need to do today. You know what I mean? And if I have some sort of audio in the background, it helps me stay focused. So that is one thing that I think is, that's my thing. That's what I do. That's what that when I do that in the morning, I am grounded and I feel like I can handle it. And especially since I have two toddlers, my mornings can quickly go in any any <laughs> direction. So I need to be able to keep my cool and stay grounded. And I will tell you the days I do not meditate, like because I wake up late or because because my baby, you know, I, I don't get enough sleep and I'm like rushing or whatever. My temper is definitely shortened the days I don't meditate. Yes, I notice when I don't meditate, my day is more challenging, I will say. Yeah, yeah. And I invite anybody who hasn't tried it, who's just been suspect, there's so much research backing how meditation improves your health, including your hormones, starting with your cortisol. Yes. So I encourage it. And I'm wondering, before we wrap up, if you could share a story of a patient who might come to mind. I know of all the thousands of patients I've treated over the years, there are some that really stand out as being the poster children for certain hormonal imbalances. And I'm wondering if you have someone who really had been struggling, maybe searching for answers, and she came to you and wow, it all ended up being about leptin that you could share with everyone. I treat both males and females in our practice. And one patient really sticks out to me. She actually was 64, female, 64 years old and was actually diabetic at the time. Came to see me, it was I think last November, October, November, and just struggling. She had been to the through the conventional route, struggling with her weight, struggling with everything. She was kind of frustrated by the system, had tried diets on herself in the past, nothing worked, or if it worked, kind of like many, many people, they wouldn't stick. She'd lose 15 pounds, then only gain 20 pounds back, right? So it was that yo-yo effect. So I started working with her about November of last year, and I put her on a very extensive protocol, you know, adjusting her diet, and things started moving in the right direction. We started decreasing inflammation. We started seeing now she's no longer on, she was actually on metformin and Genuvia at the time, which are diabetic medications. Now she's not even on any diabetic medications at all. So her A1C went from a 6.8 to now 5.7. So she's still kind of in that pre 
pre-diabetic phase, but she's not requiring um, medication, which is much like that's an improvement. So, you know, we definitely adjusted a lot of things with her. Her biggest thing that I want to kind of shed light upon that really made a big difference, Dr. Karen, was actually helping her with stress management. So she was 64 years old and was having issues with about being about to retire, having a little stress with that. With that. And then her daughter ended up having a baby. So she was kind of like feeling a little overwhelmed because she was helping her daughter with the newborn. So there's all these different stressors in her life going on at the same time. But once we were able to hone in and kind of help her with her mindset and help her kind of find the right type of lifestyle modifications and diet that was perfect for her. The weight started coming off, inflammation started decreasing, insulin resistance obviously has improved significantly, and she's feeling much better. The other thing I will add that we did do for her, which I think really helps balance her a lot too, is we did start her on some hormone replacement therapy. And again, that was something that she was kind of afraid to do before, and that also um, kind of helped stabilize her. Awesome. Well, it sounds like she embraced this other quote that you shared with me today can always be the first step to something great by reaching out to you and doing something different and really digging deep to find the root causes. So I'm super glad she did because everybody listening may or may not know how severe a hemoglobin A1C of 6.8 is. I mean, that's pretty drastic and getting it down to 5.7 doesn't happen. In most diabetics, they just are put on medications and told you're going to be on this forever and you're going to be at risk for kidney failure, liver failure, heart attack, dementia, amputation, all these things. And I had a professor when I went through my fellowship who used to say that 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 was basically the mainstream prescription. You know, congratulations, you have diabetes, you get a team jersey, you'll have it forever, you'll be on these medications and here's what you have to look forward to. And that's not the case. So Mm -hmm. whether you're diabetic or not, today can always be the first step to something great. And thank you, Dr. Bindia, for sharing this wonderful information, focusing on leptin. We're going to have the the link to the quiz, which you've told everyone about in the show notes. We'll also have a link to your free download, Five Ways to Improve Your Weight Loss Resistance. Yes. And any last words you want to share with everybody about leptin and weight loss and metabolism? You know, one thing I will say is, guys, and anybody listening today, one thing that I really want to encourage is many of you are probably listening and you're like, you know what, I'm going to try doing this on my own. I think I have this. I'm going to do this on my own. And I promise work closely with a good integrative and functional medicine provider, doctor, because I promise when you work with someone who is able to learn about you and can personalize it, you're going to get the best results. And so stop trying to do things on your own. <laughs> I mean, you know, I love that you said that. It's so true because people will hear this and be like, searching on the internet, where can I get a leptin blood test checked? And I mean, people, I see people do this all the time and then they get the information and then now what? Now what? They never get the results that they could have. And, you know, I, I have this one coach and he always tells me he's a business coach. He says, Kieran, do you know the difference between wealthy people and not wealthy people? And I said, no, what? And he says, 
Wealthy people understand that time is their most valuable asset, not money. And so they are willing to invest to gain more time and get the fast route yeah. and get the best help. And not wealthy people think they can do everything themselves, but yes. who has that time kind of time, right? Yeah, it's so important, guys. If you're listening today and you're suspecting that you have a leptin issue, by all means, reach out to me. You know, I have a virtual practice. I'm happy to help out. But even if it's not me, you know, just work with someone because essentially you cannot do these things on your own. A lot of you guys have tried for so long and there's a reason why you've unfortunately failed. So just trust and find the right practitioner and I promise you will get the best results of your life. Those are very wise words. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Bindia. Thank you so much, Dr. Karen. This was a pleasure. And thank you all for joining me for another episode of The Hormone Prescription with Dr. Kieran. Hopefully you have learned something today that you can put into action to improve your health. I want this to be informative, hopefully a little bit entertaining. But if you don't take action, nothing changes. And today really can always be the first step to something great, like Dr. Bindia said. So what steps will you take? Please reach out to me on social media, on Facebook and Instagram and let me know and let me know about the results that you are getting. Thanks so much for joining me. I will see you next week for our next episode of The Hormone Prescription. Until then, peace, love, and hormones, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I know that incredible vitality occurs for women over 40 when we learn to speak hormone and balance these vital regulators to create the health and the life that we deserve. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you'd give me a review and subscribe. It really does help this podcast out so much. You can visit thehormoneprescription.com where we have some free gifts for you. And you can sign up to have a hormone evaluation with me on the podcast to gain clarity into your personal situation. Until next time, remember, take small steps each day to balance your hormones and watch the wonderful changes in your health that begin to unfold for you. Talk to you soon.